Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi there, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and across the Six Nations as Europe's elite go head-to-head in rugby's oldest international competition. Each week, we'll be looking at the QBE predictor, which forecasts the results of each round of matches. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe now and download wherever you get your podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden and this is The Leader. It's just weeks to go until London's expanded ultra-low emission zone is brought into force. So just how ready is the capital for the biggest and most expensive piece of legislation impacting motorists since the congestion charge? But it comes after hundreds of doctors urged politicians to toughen their stance on plans to tackle toxic air, saying they witnessed the devastating health consequences of pollution every day in the consulting room. Pollution represents Britain's biggest risk to public health from environmental factors and it's linked to up to 36,000 deaths every year. Now London's getting ready for the 29th of August, which will see the citywide £12.50 daily charge for owners whose vehicles do not meet exhaust emission requirements. I'm simply unwilling to delay water down or step back on this really important health and green policy of expanding the US. It's been shown to save lives, protect children's lungs, but also tackle the climate eventually. That's London Mayor Sadiq Khan, but the Conservatives' candidate for next year's mayoral race, Susan Hall, says she'll stop the ULES expansion on day one if elected. Meanwhile, drivers held placards and chanted outside Downing Street and in Trafalgar Square over the weekend in protest against the ULES expansion. So what more do cities like London need to do to cut toxic air and reduce deaths and illnesses linked to pollution? The Leader podcast is joined by Oliver Lord, head of UK for the Clean Cities campaign. Oliver, do you think the ULES expansion later this month will have a tangible impact? The ULES has now been around for, I think it was more than 10 years ago that Boris Johnson, the previous mayor, didn't announce there'd be a ULES in London. So we've obviously been looking at this scheme, but also similar schemes now around the country. And we also look at these types of schemes across Europe as well. And we've seen that when they've been introduced, they have a huge impact on reducing levels of air pollution. And that, that happened with the initial central London scheme, which I think almost halved the levels of nitrogen dioxide when they looked at how much that scheme actually was attributable to the reduction in pollution. And I think the inner London scheme, when it went up to like north-south circular, was roughly around 20%. So I have every expectation that an expansion of that scheme will improve air quality. And I think when it comes to how much, you know, when will we feel the benefits, I would actually argue we're already reaping the benefits now. And do you think consumer behaviour will change? 
And when we looked at ULES when it was expanding up to like North and South Circular, our campaign just examined the number of diesel cars that were sort of registered in London and, and how that had changed over time. And we found that Londoners were actually ditching diesel cars like seven times faster than the rest of the UK. So the way these sort of schemes work, and the reason I mention that is it's actually the signals, it's actually the explain to people what's going to happen. And then people start to make changes ahead of the scheme coming in, if that makes sense. So people look to the future and kind of like, actually, no, now's not the time to be buying another diesel car, for example. And then you already start to reap the benefits from an air pollution perspective, even before the charge comes into place. Where does London fit into Britain's national air pollution picture? From an air pollution perspective, most of the UK is is breaching guidelines that are set by the World Health Organization. And it's more often than not our densely populated urban areas that um, have the highest concentrations of air pollution because of the sheer volume of activity, whether that's from buildings, but also vehicles on the roads. And then also the way that air pollution sits when you have, for example, very dense built up areas, you can actually have like canyon effects where you have a high street, for example, of really tall buildings and the air pollution will remain in that area for quite a lot, a lot of time. So all this builds up, that, which is why it's our cities and our towns that are, are most polluted. And actually in London, bears the brunt of this quite a lot because I think last time I checked, when we're looking at the sort of like breaches of, of the legal limits across the country, I think uh, the roads in London accounted for around half of all roads in the country that were, were breaching the legal limit. And could you explain what the toxins are? That's when I'm talking about the toxic gas nitrogen dioxide, which diesel is like a big contributor to. And then we've also got an issue around particulate matter, which is you know, the really tiny compounds that can kind of, you can breathe in sort of like soot compounds. They're so small, you know, like much more than like the width of a human hair, they can start to get into your bloodstream. And that's when we're seeing a lot of the health impacts associated, even with things like dementia, for example, because they can get near your brain or they can get near your heart and stuff like that. So there's kind of two, two pollutants of major concern that we often talk about. It's the gas nitrogen dioxide that you can't see it's a transparent gas and then there's the particulate matter as well with these really really tiny bits of compound what's your view on this big doctor's statement about the number of pollution related illnesses that they witness the clean cities campaign is part of the healthy air coalition which is a national coalition and it includes other ngos like alzheimer's research uk age uk british heart foundation dementia uk cancer research uk there's a reason why all these organizations are part of that coalition because of the health impacts of air pollution and it not just being about our lungs which we all know are incredibly valuable since the pandemic that we've all just been through. For example, in London, it's been proven that poor levels of air quality stunt the lung growth of children and can cause asthma. But we've also seen evidence related to their cognitive ability, their mental health. And in adulthood, it can cause multiple chronic illnesses, you know, such as cancer. So like one in 10 cases of lung cancer are attributed to air pollution. And from what I've seen over the years that I've been campaigning on this issue is more and more health-related organisations coming out to speak about the issue of air pollution as the evidence stacks up. Let's go to the ads coming up. ULES protests at Downing Street and is Mayor Khan's plan unfairly impacting poorer drivers? Why not hit follow in the meantime and give us a rating? Say hello to a new era of mental health care. 
Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome back. Oliver, have you noticed any differences in air quality around London as a result of any current schemes? I've been in London for quite a while now, and I often found I would experience that when I was going through, like, Bank Junction would be would be one for me. Really congested, really full of, you know, all types of vehicles. And I mentioned that as well, because now I still sort of cycle through that junction today. And, and the changes that are happening there with fewer vehicles, electric buses, electric taxis and stuff like that, I can honestly say I feel... There's been quite a transformation in, in how it feels from an air pollution perspective, but it's still heavily polluted. But what a change there's been, in my opinion, recently. You kind of got a combination of the mayor's policies around upgrading the taxi and the bus fleets and the private hire fleets. And then you've also got a combination of how the City of London is transforming that junction, easing congestion and actually reducing literally the volume of motor vehicles going through it from a road safety perspective as well as an air pollution uh, perspective as well. On to those protests on Saturday, what's your opinion on ULEZ opponents' claims that it will have a minimal impact on air quality and worsen the cost of living crisis if Londoners can't drive cheaper, older cars? Well, on, on the latter point around not being able to drive cheap, older cars, it's really important to stress that the way that this scheme has been set up is that it differentiates quite heavily between diesel and petrol. So you can actually have a petrol car under the ultra low emission zone standards that dates back to like 2006. So we're talking cars that are almost 17 years old, which is, which is actually beyond the average lifespan of the car that's taken off the road in the UK. Obviously it targets diesel cars more heavily. So I think it's like six or seven years old, but at least there are options and alternatives there for people who do need to use a car because that is the case. For decades now, we've pretty much built our lives, our cities and towns around needing to use cars, which is, from my perspective, I think is really unfortunate. And that's what we're campaigning about now to try and enable as many alternatives as possible so people aren't, don't feel like they're trapped in these car dependent lifestyles and they've actually got other um, options on their doorstep analysis i've done previously in a different role was looking at for example the level of public transport connectivity there is in 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 the outer london areas compared to inner london and there is a stark difference so we do need to make sure that when schemes like the ulez are coming in there are alternatives being put in place um, for people who don't really feel the need to have to buy another car to, to get around what do you make of the Tory mayoral candidate Susan Hall's pledge to scrap the ULEZ? I think it'd be disappointing if that happened. But I think, you know, uh, any candidate who wants to be mayor of London obviously sets out the vision for where they want to take the city. And I think if that is the step that 
a candidate wants to take uh, if they're elected, then as campaigners and uh, NGOs who represent civil society, we, we would love to make sure there is a credible alternative plan in place because the air pollution is not going to go away. So if that is a step that someone wants to take, then we, we'd like to know what you know is going to happen instead because it can't be simply remove a measure to improve air quality and then there not be something else instead. And finally, Oliver, what new technology is being used to capture a more accurate picture of pollution in the capital? We've definitely seen new technology helping to, uh, on the monitoring side of air quality. So we don't have to be as reliant these days on the big sort of expensive to run automatic monitoring stations that we have by the roads. There's about 100 of those across the city. But we've seen new initiatives that Imperial College are running at the minute called Breathe London, where they're using more affordable, smaller air quality monitors that even communities can invest in in areas that they think are troubling, for example, around schools or hospitals. And then actually, the boroughs as well, the London boroughs use uh, another type of monitor, which is called diffusion tubes which looks a little bit like a test tube and has been around for a while and they can deploy those at you know at the rate of thousands across the city and most recently we've been able to take that data as a campaign take the automatic monitoring data as well and just get it all on one map for people to start to understand what the level of air quality is around their community and that really helps people to bring it to life a little bit i think because a lot of the challenge with this is that you can't see the problem you know the age-old uh, phrase is, you know, you wouldn't drink dirty water if that was given to you. Why are we breathing dirty air? But the difference being, you can, you can see that dirty water, whereas with the dirty air, you can't see it. There's much more news and features in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back on Tuesday at 4pm. <laughs>